we're cruising. Right. Now, uh, I want to leave this up. <clears throat> Remember, your history book, I mean, it's just, uh, we've, we're, we're actually between the book of Revelation and Jude right here, whatever, because that, that, that would have an email date on it. If Jude wrote that, it's a real short book, it would have a time stamp on it. Friday, whatever, you know, 30, 40 years after Jesus went to heaven. Wow. Okay. okay. Anyway, <clears throat> you know the story, creation, all the way down to it. I mean, it got, it got started somewhere. If you look at the alternative of what to believe, oh, it's a big bang. You can't... It, Laws of thermodynamics mean you can't create nothing out of nothing. Now, wouldn't that take a brilliant person to figure that one out? You can't. But see, that's what they claim. Well, long, long time ago, the waters. Wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, where do waters come from? See, see. So they have a problem. You have to worship their evolution theory. I just believe. Came out of nothing. Wow. Our science and history points right back to hmm. Time frame. Anyways, here we go. When you get all the way down from the, the, the Israelites, of course, because in by the 12th chapter, it starts with a family by the name of Mr. Abram, who became Mr. Abraham. His wife was Sarai, and she was changed to Sarah. Okay. And then he has a bunch of kids, and uh, well, he has one. Abram, Isaac, Abraham's son was Isaac, and Isaac had, you know, two sons and whatever. And uh, well, actually, Abram had several, but anyway, the one that mattered was genealogy, his line was uh, Isaac. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we hear that. Jacob had 12 sons. Wow. And that's where the 12 tribes came from. Anyway, X, they got to Egypt and they immediately exit out of there. They got out of there. Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. It was all what happened between Egypt and getting to the promised land. Took place in what, 40 years? Wasn't supposed to take full 40 years, but they got to the promised land and got scared they didn't act like that widow. They just said, Man, I'm going back to Egypt. I'd rather be a slave. Oh, wow. That's really it's good to go back and see in Egypt how many devastating miracles the Lord did, destructions he did to Egypt. Because he said, what stories you can tell your grandkids. And if you hadn't been telling yourself any of those stories, it'd be hard for you to tell anybody else. Unless you fall for it. It was myth. It was legend. There's a nation over there today called Israel. There's people called Jews and they're hated. What's going on? So we have today some evidence that we can't cut off. Joshua, they went into the promised land. 12, no, 24 chapters there. And in a 10-year campaign, they owned it all. They took over all the promised land. Judges, they lost the promised land. <laughs> they got to saying, we don't need Jesus anymore. We're such, such good people. Ruth, a little short book. Anyway, by the time you get to First and Second Samuel's, it's oh, these First, Second Samuel, First Kings, Second Kings, First Chronicles, Second Chronicles. That's your history of all this time frame right here, all the way through all the kings. There was only about twenty-two of them. Saul was first, then King David. David's son was Solomon. We know about him, Solomon. Wow, and all the other great kings and whatever, all the way about twenty-two of them. Then a king by the name of Nebuchadnezzar. You ever heard of Babylon? Yeah, it's where he was from. They came down and took over Israel. Well, what was all that about? The Lord sent them because Israel was worshiping idols, throwing their kids to the fire, saying, oh, I worship you pieces of wood, whatever. It had nothing to do with Jesus anymore. Got us all the way to the end of when Daniel was in the lion's den and whatever, and Jeremiah had prophesied and said during that time frame, he said, in 70 years, you're going back. And sure enough, they went back. And in Nehemiah, they restored the, excuse me, Ezra, they restored the temple. 
It looked like crap. Nehemiah, they got the walls back up. And right in the middle of this, look at this. That time frame. Esther, what the heck is this? Why is it even in the Bible? I'll show you. It was the third year. See how the history? Third year of the reign of King Ahasuerus, emperor of the vast Media and Persians. See, remember, uh, Nebuchadnezzar was the Babylonian kingdom, and it eventually fell. The Medes and the Persians took over, then the Greeks, and then eventually the Romans. So now, little time has passed by, at least 70 years right there, somewhere in that time frame. With its 127 provinces stretching from, oh, these are fables, India and Ethiopia, those are just magical names. No? Wow. This was uh, the year of the great celebration of Sh- at Shushan Palace, to which the emperor invited all his governors, aides, army officials, bringing them in from every part of Media Persia for the, case, for the occasion. You know, this took a lot of logistics, and they were spread abroad. You know, India is not connected to Ethiopia, you know. Man, this was like the known world. It lasted six months. Man, what a party. God. A tremendous display of wealth and the glory of his empire. You see anything about Jesus yet? Hmm. History, isn't it? When it was all over, the king gave a special party for the palace servants and officials, janitors, cabinet officials alike, for seven days of revelry held in the courtyard of the palace garden. The decorations were green, white, blue. Who cares? It's history. Purple ribbons tied to silver ring, rings embedded uh, in marble pillars. Gold and silver benches stood on the pavement. It's a black, red, white, yellow marble. Wow, look at that. Boy, he come with drinking. Well, of course they were. These people were not a bunch of bozos. Drinks were served in gold goblets of many designs. There was an abundance of royal wine. The king was feeling very generous. The only restriction on drinking was that no one should be compelled to take more than he wanted. I hear people today, they go, well, I think drinking's okay, but it has to be done in, in, in what do they say? Moderation. Moderation. I mean, like they know that's a scripture. There's no scripture about that. Just get to the point and tell them you're drinking and you're drinking problem. If you have a problem, get you some help. But let me tell you something. None of us, drinking or not drinking, are going to heaven based on that criteria. It's Jesus loved you and you believe him. Praise the Lord. You know, And don't cut off your friends. I did for years. I cut people off. I cut off one of my best friends and I told him to his face. And I'm wearing a Jesus t-shirt. Well, Mike, you know, this, I, you know. I, you know, I'm going to. And he got mad at me. He rightly so should have got mad at me. Because I was cutting him off. He went to the Church of Christ. I was just becoming a real isolated Baptist. <laughs> Whatever. Thank God God was merciful. Amen. But I mean, I really, I ticked him off. It, it really, I, remember, I remember the day he got mad at me. He just, and he wasn't forcing me to drink with him. But I thought I couldn't be his friend anymore. That's where the problem was. Thank God over time, Mike and I always stayed friends anyway. But God. Anyway, for the king had instructed his offers to let everyone decide the matter for himself. Well, how sweet. Remember, this is not even, this is, this is, it's scripture, but it's just history, okay? Queen Vashti. Now, who the heck is that? Well, she gave a party for the women of the palace at the same time. On the final day, the king was feeling, uh, feeling high, (laughs) half drunk from wine. He told the seven eunuchs who were his personal aides, he has their names, look at that. To bring Queen Vashti to him and the royal crown upon her head so that all the men could gaze upon her beauty. Well, she must have been a knockout. Good. Well, she was very beautiful. But when they conveyed the the emperor's order to Queen Vashti, she refused to come. Well, there goes your woman for you. Yeah, I ain't doing that. Yeah. But that's okay. A woman could do that. 
Oh, the king was furious. Makes sense. Husbands and wives get into it a lot of times. But first, he consulted his lawyers. For he did nothing without their advice. Now remember, this is not God talking to us. This is history. So let's see what happened. And again, why is this in the Bible? Oh, watch. You'll see. They were men of wisdom who knew the temper of the times as well as Persian law and justice, and the king trusted their judgment. Notice they're not talking about God. They're not talking about praying. These men were, look at their names. Wow. Seven high officials of the Medians and Persians. They were his personal friends as well as being the chief officers of the government. Look at the details. Just like we're peeking in on his diary. That's right. What shall we do about this situation, he asked. What penalty does the law provide for a queen who refuses to obey the king's orders properly sent through his aides? Well, this guy named Mamukan answered for the others. Queen Vashti has wronged not only the king, but every official and citizen of your empire. For the women everywhere, well, remember, this is not, this is recorded in scripture, but this is not God's laws, okay? These are just people like you and I. Well, she didn't just get on your case, king, but every official and citizen of your empire. For women everywhere will begin to disobey their husbands when they learn what Queen Vashti has done. And before this day is out, every wife of every one of us officials throughout your empire will hear what the queen did and will start telling us. Oh, see, they didn't want to let that out of the back. Let's see, how long have women had the right to vote in the United States? Well, see, you can tell where this is going. It ain't been forever. It ain't even been 100 years, has it? God. Yeah. Well, they're going to start talking to her husbands the same way. There's going to be contempt and anger throughout your realm. Uh-oh. We suggest, oh, how brilliant, that you put out an agreement, issue a royal edict, a law of the Medes and the Persians that can never be changed, that Queen Vashti be banished from your presence, and that you choose another queen more worthy than she. When this decree is published throughout your great kingdom... It's going to scare the crap out of all the rest of the women. See, husbands everywhere, wherever they rank, will be respected by their wives. Oh, how smart they think they are. Now, I'm not a woman, but I tell you what, I've been married you know, twice, and, and, uh, and I'm around ladies and whatever. And listen, ladies, you, you, y'all are not worried about it. Y'all can have your way anytime you want to. It's a piece of cake. Now, men do the same thing. It's called manipulation, whatever. Anyway. The king and all his aides throughout this, no, they thought this made sense. So they followed Mamukin's counsel and they sent letters of all, to all his provinces and all the local languages, stressing that every man should rule his home and should assert his authority. I tell you, man, I've seen some clowns in the Baptist church and later in other churches. And I've actually heard him say that a woman can't do anything if it's not for a man. And even remember, I was telling you about Joy. Joy was at some church in Illinois visiting with her, her brother-in-law and... It was terrible. They had a widow's group back in the back, and the preacher always, it's like some preachers get off on makeup and stuff. He, they get off on this. That a man is a ruler of the house, you know. Anyway, chapter 2. Remember, this is broken up. It never was broken up. It's broken up for you and I so that we can get to things quickly. But after King Ahasuerus' anger cooled, he began brooding over the loss of Vashti. Yeah, well, she was a good-looking woman. I don't know about this, you know. Realizing he'd never see her again. Well, his aide says, let's go find the most beautiful girls in the empire and bring them to the king for his pleasure. Now, wait a minute. This is supposed to be a holy book. It is a holy book. This is holy history is what we're looking at here. Just read the history. Yeah, but I thought, you know, we want to make our women look like they... No. It says beautiful girls. Now, remember, anyway, let's keep going. We will appoint agents in each province to select young lovelies, wow, for the royal harem. Ah, why are we reading this? 
Anyway, hey, G.I. was the eunuch in charge. We'll see that they're given beauty treatments. Wow. And after that, the girl who pleases you most will be the queen instead of Ashti. Man, I'm not telling this to, my, to our young boys, teenagers, and, and we're not having this Bible study. Yeah, you are. One of the greatest Bible studies in history is everything you read in the scriptures. This suggestion naturally pleased the king. <laughs> well, I guess so, unless he's gay. Good grief. He put the plan into it immediately. Now, there was a certain Jew. Here we go. A what? A Jew. Now, where are we at? We just lost our kingdom. We've been gone for 70 years. Some of us are starting to go back. Mordecai went back. There was a certain Jew at the place named Mordecai, the son of Jair, son of Kish, and he was a Benjamite. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Jacob's 12 sons. One of his 12 sons was Benjamin. He had been captured. This is myths and fables. They've got to quit telling us this. No, it's not. Look at this. He had been captured when Jerusalem was destroyed by King Nebuchadnezzar and had been exiled to, I get it, Babylon. Yep, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, along with King Jeconiah. He was the last one of uh, the last king in 2 Kings and 2 Chronicles and many others. This man had a beautiful and lovely young cousin, Hadassah, also called Esther. This is such a quick book. I'm going to speed through it. We'll get through all of it, but it's, it, it goes fast. Whose father and mother were dead. Well, what happened to them? Jerusalem got ransacked. People were killed and slaughtered. Anyway, anyway, so Mordecai had adopted into his own family and raised her as his own daughter. And now as a result of the king's decree, Esther was brought before the king. Oh, God. Now, how did she get there? You think God had anything to do with that? Oh, my goodness, Yes. Yeah, do you think God made her pretty? Yes, like all women. She was. Esther was brought to the king's harem at Shushan Palace along with many other young girls. Hegei, who was responsible for the harem, was very much impressed with her and did his best to make her happy. Now, of course, you can see it's bigamy right here. So how could the Lord bless this? I mean, he's one wife for every man. I mean, I'm not reading this anymore. Well, don't. The rest of us will. Anyway, so... Uh, Haggai, whatever his name was, Hegei, was responsible for the harem, was very much impressed with her, and did his best to make her happy. He ordered a special menu for her, favored her for her beauty treatments, gave her seven girls in the palace as her maids, and gave her the most luxurious apartment in, in harem. Now, wait just a minute. What did we already learn about this girl? She was a Jew. Oh. You and I are descendants of Abraham, too. You should be looking for those beauty treatments. Look at this fantastic stuff. Here we go. Esther hadn't told anyone she was a Jewess. That's another good point. She got it all in secret prayer, didn't she? Didn't have to tell anybody. For Mordecai had said not to, her uncle. Anyway, he came daily to the court of the harem to ask about Esther and find out what was happening to her. Well, he's being a good old uncle, isn't he? Okay, taking care of her. The instruction concerning the girls uh, that before were being taken to the king's bed. What? I'm not reading anymore. This is dead burn playboy. Each would be given six months of beauty treatments. Come on. God. It's history, isn't it? Yeah. Followed by six months with special perfumes and ointments. Then, uh-oh, close your eyes. Then as each girl's turn came for spending the night. Oh, well, they were just going to watch TV. You know, it was a Baptist, you know, banquet. You know, men here, boys over here. No, it wasn't. She was given her choice of clothing or jewelry she wished to enhance her beauty. Good grief. 
She was taken to the king's apartment in the evening and the next morning. Oh my gosh. Whatever. And returned to the, to the second harem where the king's wives lived. Okay. She was under the care of Shashag, whatever, another of the king's units and lived there the rest of her life. Okay. All right. So now she's called one of his wives already. All right. Several, of course. She was there. Okay, we got that part. Uh, hang on. Here we go. Ne- uh, look at this. She was there the rest of her life, never seeing the king again, unless he especially enjoyed her and called for her by name. When Esther's turn to go to the king, she accepted the advice of Hagia, the eunuch in charge of the harem, dressed according to his instructions, and all the others exclaimed with delight when they saw her. So Esther was taken to the palace of the king in... Nice little fable, isn't it? No, he got it in January of the seventh year of his reign. Boy, you could figure that out. Okay. Well, the king loved Esther more than any of the other girls. Now, who was behind that? See, God knows your future, doesn't he? Because you already know this story. He was getting this girl in there, wasn't he? He was so delighted with her that he set the royal crown on her. Oh, my goodness. Declared her queen instead of Vashti. Now, what kind of move was that? Only God could have done that. I'm so glad our Bible tells us that God created the heavens and the earth. We don't have to go back and go, well, we don't, we don't know where it come from. Huh? No, our Bible says God created everything. The Bible tells us that you and I were created by God. Man, our God's so great. Well, to celebrate the occasion, he threw another big party. Uh oh! You mean he's going to ask for her to come out? She might say no. I'm pretty sure that uh, <clears throat> she wouldn't say no. To celebrate, he threw a big party for his officials that gave generous gifts to everyone, making grants to the provinces in the form of remission of taxes. And we're all educated in the United States; we can get that, can't we? We understand that. Later, the king demanded a second bevy of beauty for girls. Hey, let's have another round of these chicks. I like that. By that time, look at that, Mordecai. He's promoted, like Daniel. He's a government official now. Esther still hadn't told anyone she was a Jew, for she was following Mordecai's orders as she had in his home. Now, why didn't they tell him they were Jews? Well, you think there's anti-Semites back then as there are today? Of course. Of course. One day, as Mordecai was on duty, two of the king's eunuchs, look at this story. Big Than and Teresh were guards at the palace gate. They became angry with the king. And they plotted to assassinate him. Mordecai heard about it. He passed the information to Queen Esther, who told the king, crediting Mordecai with the information. An investigation was made. The two men were guilty, and they were impaled alive. They were killed. This was duly recorded in the Book of Imaginations. It was just, no, it was recorded in the history book of King Ahasuerus' reign. All right, here we go. Why is this book in the Bible? Here it goes. Soon afterwards, King Ahasuerus appointed Haman, here's where it's going to hit the fan, son of Hadathema the Agite as prime minister. We know what prime ministers are. You got one in England, you got other nations that do that, like our president. He was the most powerful official in the empire next to the king himself. Now all the king's officials bowed before him, oh, in reverence when he passed by, for so the king had commanded. But Mordecai, he didn't bow. Ooh. Why are you disobeying the king's command? The others demanded. Day after day, he refused. Finally, they spoke to, I think it's Haggai. Yeah. No, they spoke to Haman about it to see whether Mordecai could get away with it because of him being a Jew, which was his excuse he gave. All right. Haman was furious and decided not to lay hands on Mordecai alone, but to move against all of Mordecai's people, the Jews, and destroy all of them throughout the whole kingdom. Now we're knowing why this book's here. (gasps) 
all the Jews are going to be massacred. The most propitious time for this occasion was determined by throwing dice. This was done in April of the 12th year of the reign of Ahasuerus. Uh, in February of the following year, uh, let's see, of the following year was the date dedicated. Wow. So they threw dice and said, hey, okay, it's going to be on February. What's going to be on February? All the Jews be massacred. You talk about Hitler. Hitler hadn't even happened yet. Here it's fixing to happen here. There's a certain race of people scattered throughout the province of your kingdom, he began. And their laws are different from our, any other nation. And they refuse to obey the king's laws. Therefore, it's not in the king's interest to let them live. If, the, if it please the king, issue a decree that they be destroyed. And look what Haman said. I'll pay the $20 million in the royal treasure, into the royal treasury for the expense involved in this purge. The king agreed. Remember, he didn't know Esther's a Jew. Remember that? Confirming his decision by took his ring off and went... King said, okay, have all the Jews killed. That's fine. And he oh, also said, oh, well, keep your money. Go ahead and just do as you please to these people, whatever you think is best. Two or three weeks later, the king called in, the king sec- the Haman called the king's secretary, dictated a letter to the governor's officials throughout the empire, which was about from over yonder a mile and over here for a mile. No, it was the whole known world. They wrote in all kind of languages, dialects. These letters were signed by King Ahasuerus and sealed with his ring. They were sent by messengers to all the provinces of the empire, decreeing that the Jews, young and old, women and children, look at that, must all be killed on the 20th day of February. Now, guess what? At the end of this book, we probably won't get to this, but I might, uh, it just depends. This is in the Jewish calendar because it was a celebration that it didn't happen. Anyway. Anyway, and then their property given to those who killed him. Wow. You kill a Jew, you get to take his house. God, who doesn't want in on this deal? A copy of this edict, the letter uh, stated, must be proclaimed as law in every province and made known to all your people so that they'll be ready uh, to do their duty on the appointed day. When the edict was sent out by the king's, no, the edict was sent out by the speediest couriers after being proclaimed in the city of Shushan, then the king and Haman sat down for a drinking spree Good grief, as the city fell into panic. When Mordecai learned what had been done, he tore his clothes, made himself look nasty, okay, and went into the city crying with loud, bitter wail. Now remember, Esther doesn't know yet. He stood outside the gate of the palace, for no one was permitted to enter in mourning clothes. And throughout all the provinces, there was great mourning among the Jews, weeping and fasting in despair at the king's decree, and lay in sackcloth and ashes. Now don't you know... Hey, man, thought, I'll fix you, buddy. I got y'all. Ha, ha, ha. When Esther's maids, okay, here's the niece. They came and told her about her uncle. She was deeply distressed. She sent him clothing to replace the sackcloth, but he refused it. Then Esther sent for Hathak, one of the king's eunuchs, who had been appointed to attend, uh, as her attendant, and told him to go out to Mordecai. Hey, what's going on? What the trouble was? Why is he acting that way? So Hath went out to the city square, found Mordecai just outside the gate. He heard the whole story for him and about the 20 million Haman had promised to pay the king's treasury for the death of all the Jews. Okay. Destruction of all the Jews. Mordecai also gave, well, here's your little wanted poster. He gave Hathath a copy of the king's decree dooming all Jews and told him to show it to Esther and to tell her what was happening and that she should go before the king to plead for her people. Now, you know, if you're reading this book over coffee and you got troubles... And you've already read this a hundred times. Wouldn't it inspire you to know you're not going down? I don't care what your problem is. You're going to get out of it. There's fantastic scriptures coming up. 
just because you're a Jew. Because a Jew does mean something. I mean, if you believe, it means you trust the Lord. It means you want his help. So anyway, Esther told Hathak to go out. Uh, okay, wait a minute. Let's see. Uh, yeah, here we go. Oh. Dooming all the Jews and told him to show Esther to tell her what was happening and that she should go to the king. Uh-oh. And plead for her people. So Hathath returned to Esther with Mordecai's message. Esther told Hathath to go back and say this. Look what he says. And this is the end of this chapter too. Watch this. All the world knows that anyone, whether man or woman, who goes into the king's inner court without his summons is doomed to die unless the king holds up his golden scepter. I mean, he's got a lot of women, so why would you be so special? Okay. And the king is not called for me. Uh-oh. To come. Um, and, uh, well, they hadn't had any excitement in over a month, have they? Okay. She, had, she said, I ain't been with a king in a month. I may have lost my charm or whatever. So she knows this could be scary. So the intermediate guy, Hathak, sent Esther's message to Mordecai. This was Mordecai's reply. Do you think you're going to escape there in the palace when all the other Jews are killed? If you keep, look at this. This is a verse that the Bible Belt uses all over the place. Among them don't even know where it come from. We just use it as, oh, wow, that was, I'm just at the opportune time. This is great for such a time as this. If you want to use that verse, fine. And more, your steps are ordered to the Lord no matter what. I'd rather you know what was behind that verse. Anyway, if you keep quiet at a time like this, look at this. God will deliver the Jews from some other source. You're not the only answer. Isn't that good? Oh, man, the boss, he had a heart attack before he could give me that promotion. I guess it, you're going to get it no matter what. Don't worry about what you think has to happen. Anyway. God will deliver the Jews from some other source. What a verse. But your relatives will die. And what's more, what can, uh, who can say but that God has brought you into the palace for such a time as this? I mean, that should, I mean, let's think of ourselves being Esther. And we just said, uh, Uncle, if I go in there, I'm going to get killed. But then she starts thinking, wait a minute. How did I get here? I bet you God did bring me here for that. And that's right. Now look what she says. Look, this is so good. Now, this is faith right here. She says, I'm doing it no matter what. Esther said to Mordecai, go tell all the Jews of Shushan and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days and a night or a day, and I and my maids will do the same. And then, uh, though strictly, it's strictly forbidden, I will go to see the king, and if I perish, I perish. I'm going. I'm going. So Mordecai did as Esther uh, told him to. What did she tell him? Pray. Pray. How sweet. Prayer is real. Three days later, Esther put on her royal robes, entered the court. Oh, no. Don't you know this was like, oh, my God. I'm sure her, her whatever, the, the, the eunuch was like, where are you going? I'm going to go talk to the king. Man, I wouldn't do that. She says, I got to. I wouldn't do it. So here she goes. She entered the inner court just beyond the royal hall, the palace, when the king was, uh, and the king was sitting upon the throne. When he saw Queen Esther, woo, standing there in the inner court, he welcomed her, holding out the golden scepter. Don't you know it's over with now, buddy? She, it, it, well, watch what she does. So Esther approached and touched his tip. The king asked her, what do you wish, Queen Esther? What is your request? Same thing Jesus has told you. Whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Look at this, I'll give it to you even, whoops, well, we shot through that one anyway. He said, I'll give it to you even half the kingdom. Now remember what she says, she didn't even tell him. She just says, hey, can you come up for supper tonight? 
Esther said, if it please your majesty, I want you and Haman, the prime minister, to come to a banquet I have prepared for you today. The king turned to his aides, tell Haman to hurry. So the king and Haman came to Esther's banquet. During the wine course, the king said to Esther, now tell me what you really want and I'll give it to you, even if it's half the kingdom. Now you know what happens here. She says, come back tomorrow night. Man, she's getting two nights out of this guy. Esther replied, my request, my deepest wish, that if your majesty loves me and wants to grant my request, that you come again with Haman tomorrow to the banquet. Now who's controlling who? This woman's getting her way, isn't it? Anyway, and I'll explain what this is all about. So she says, so she says I'll tell you tomorrow. What a happy man Haman was as he left the banquet. When he saw Mordecai there at the gate, not standing up or trembling before him, he, oh, excuse me, what a happy man he was. But then he saw Mordecai at the gate and he wasn't standing up or trembling before him. He was furious. However, he restrained himself and went on home. You say, why is this in here? Well, watch, look what the Lord's doing for you. He restrained himself and went home and gathered his friends and Zeresh's wife and boasted to them about his wealth, his many children, promotions the king had given him, and how he had become the greatest man in the kingdom. Oh my gosh, you know, I got to go to dinner with the king and I'm going again tomorrow. Then he delivered his punchline. Yes, Esther the queen invited only me and the king himself to the banquet. And tomorrow we're invited again. But then he said, all this is nothing when I see Mordecai the Jew sitting there in front of the king's gate refusing to bow to me. Well, here's what his wife said. She said, well, and all his friends. Uh, she said, hey, well, just get a 75-foot high gallows. And in the morning when the king says, no, and ask the king in the morning that you could hang Mordecai. When this is done, you can go on your merry way. So Haman thought that's a great idea. And he ordered the gallows built. Next chapter. That night the king... What's going on here? See the timeline? That night, the king, he has what? Trouble sleeping. So he decided to read the fairy tale book. No, it's the record that they placed. And that's what's so beautiful about our Bible. Our Bible, David had records made. So we have it correct. We, we can sit there and go, well, I guess he was drunk and the Bible's a bunch of bull. No, it's not. So he decided to read. He ordered the historical records of the kingdom from the library. And in them, he came across uh, the item telling how Mordecai had exposed the plot of those two clowns. Remember, we just read it. The two of King's eunuchs, watchmen in the palace, who plotted to assassinate him. So the king's sitting there in bed, and he's asking one of his aides, Hey, hmm, what reward did we ever give Mordecai for this? The king said, Well, you ne really never did nothing. You kind of got in a hurry and didn't do nothing. But that's all right. Mordecai's a good guy. And he says, Hey, who's on duty outside? The king inquired. Now, as it happened, <laughs> I tell you, God is just, he knows what's going on. Haman was outside the door. He just arrived in the outer court of the palace to ask the king. He was coming in there to do what? I need permission to hang his clown named Mordecai. He talked about how fast God is. He's way ahead of everything for you. The couriers replied to the king, hey, hey, Haman's out there. Hey, bring him in. So Haman came in. The king said, hey, what should I do to honor a man who truly pleases me? And I remember Haman thinks, oh, he's talking about me. <laughs> no, he's talking about your enemy. Haman thought to himself, who would he want to honor more than me? So he said, oh, yeah, this is Haman talking. Well, bring out the royal robes. The king himself is worn. And the king's own horse, his BMW, you know, and the royal crown. 
and instruct one of the king's most noble princes to robe the man and to lead him through the streets on the king's horse, shouting before him, This is the way the king honors those who truly please him. And the king says, Good idea. Go do that to Mordecai. <laughs> God. Excellent, the king said to Haman, hurry and take these robes in my horse and do what you've said to Mordecai the Jew. Now, I remember at this point, King Ahasuerus knows he's a Jew. And he doesn't know Haman just said all Jews everywhere should be killed. Who works at the chancellor, follow every detail you suggested. So Haman took the robes, put them on Mordecai, mounted him on the king's own steed, led him through the streets, shouting, this is the way, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Look at this. Afterward, Mordecai returned to his job, but Haman hurried home. Now watch this closely. Totally humiliated. When Haman told his wife, look what his wife says. This is a verse you ought to go back to your Bible and read with coffee and go, praise God, I'm protected. He told his wife what had happened. They said, if Mordecai is a Jew, you will never succeed in your plans against him. Now doesn't that say... Oh, so many verses. Uh, we're more than conquerors. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. Here we go. Uh, and if you continue to, look at this, and if you continue to oppose him, it'll be fatal. I'll bless those that bless you, and I'll curse those that curse you, God told Abraham. Wow. Okay, we got to stop here in this next chapter. We wait too long. While they were still discussing it with him, the king's messengers arrived. Uh, to conduct uh, Haman quickly to the banquet. Oh, yeah, so now he's going to go back to his banquet. Here's where it hits the fan. Remember, Esther said, I'll tell you tonight. So the king and Haman came to Esther's banquet. Again, during the wine course, the king said, come on, honey. Why would you want? What do you want? What's your petition, Queen Esther? What do you wish? Whatever it is, I'll give it to you. Even half the kingdom. At last, Queen Esther replied, if I have won your favor, O king, if it please your majesty. What? Save my life? Don't you know the king's like, who threatens you? And the lives of my people, for I and my people have been sold to those who will destroy us. <gasps> Don't you know the king is like, he's already furious. He's like, what? We are doomed to destruction and slaughter. If we were only going to be sold as slaves, perhaps I could remain quiet even though there would be incalculable damage to the king that no amount of money could begin to cover. What are you talking about? King Ahasuerus demanded, who would dare do such? Now remember, see the picture here. It's a banquet, only two of them. Hey man, King Ahasuerus. <laughs> all she's got to do is say, hey man. Esther replied, boy, she put an adjective on there, didn't This wicked hey man is our enemy. <gasps> Then Haman, look at he grew pale with fright before the king and the queen. The king jumped to his feet. Now watch what he does. He went out into the palace garden. He's mad. That's his prime minister. He just, boom, he goes out the door. And as Haman stood up to plead for his wife, to, to his life, to Queen Esther, for he knew he was doomed, in despair he fell upon the couch, whoa, where the Queen Esther was reclining just as the king returned from the palace. Look what the king says. Will he even rape the queen right here in the palace before my very eyes? The king roared. Where's that anger management? You don't need any. This was fully justified. He loved Queen Esther, and this was stupid. I mean, we have to fight back. Anyway, then Harbana, one of the king's aides, said, Sir, Haman just, he said, oh, by the way, <laughs> he 
he had to be in on it. He said, oh, by the way, Haman built some gallows for Mordecai. <laughs> to hang Mordecai, the man saved, look at this, he added to it, the man that saved your rear end the other day. It stands in Haman's courtyard. And he says, hang Haman on it. The king ordered. So they did. And the king's wrath was pacified. Bye-bye, Haman. Now, the rest of this book, we won't have time to get it. We're going to stop. But now, remember, oh, there it is. Now Mordecai is is the prime minister. But guess what? Okay, they saved the day, but there's no electronic means to tell the whole world. They got to get this word out fast. So they, and they got to get it out to the whole... It's already been sent out by what the fastest couriers. So the next two chapters are great. But anyway, the king lets Mordecai and Esther handle all of it. Incredible. And of course, the whole bunch of Jews everywhere were saved. Man, it's just... You just can't... Anyway, let's get this couple of verses here. On the same day, he gave the estate of Haman... <laughs> The Jews, he gave it to Esther. Oh, man. And that wasn't a couple acres. Man. Mordecai was brought before the king for Esther told him that she was her cousin and he was her foster dad. Don't you know he was happy to see him because, hey, hey, I appreciate you saving my rear end the other day whenever they were going to kill me. The king took off his ring he had taken back from Haman and he gave it to Mordecai. Appointing him as prime minister, Esther uh, appointed Mordecai to be in charge of... Haman's estate. Now once more, she actually went back in before the king. What? Falling down at his feet, begging him with tears to stop. Remember, she, now you got to stop that plot. Again, the king held that. Look at that. Two times he held up his golden scepter and said, hey, whatever you want. She said, if it please your majesty and if you love me, isn't that something? Send out a decree reversing Haman's orders to destroy the Jews throughout all the, the king's provinces. How can I endure it if my people are butchered? Look what he says. He said to Queen Esther and Mordecai the Jew, I've given Esther the palace of Haman. He's, he's been hanged and gallows because he tried to destroy you. Now go ahead, send a me- go ahead, send that message out. Telling them whatever you want in the king's name and seal it with the king's ring so that it can never be reversed. Boy, and they hightailed it and they did it. Some great verses right there. Oh, that's the 8th chapter, ninth chapter, 10th chapter. I think that's it. Look at the rest of the 10th chapter. This is only four verses. So we only skipped the, the ninth chapter. The ninth ch- chapter was the history about how the, it all got stopped. King Ahasuerus not only laid tribute upon the mainland, but even on the islands of the sea. You know, he taxed all these countries. His great deeds and, full of the, and the full account of the greatness of Mordecai and the honors given to him by the king are written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings, of Media and Persia. See, now we have First and Second Chronicles, but they had a Chronicles in the Medes and the Persians. Mordecai the Jew, no, Mordecai the Jew was prime minister with the authority next to that of King Herasmus himself. So, if you only read your Bible and you only knew a little bit about who am I thinking of? Joseph, who was second to Pharaoh. That's just one of them. It's just Daniel was the same. Daniel was prime minister. Joseph was prime minister. Let's finish this right here. Okay. Uh, he, of course, was a very was very great among the Jews and respected by all his countrymen because of his he did his best for the people and was a friend at court to all of them. Praise God. Father, we just thank you for your word today. We thank you. First off, it's not fables, it's real. And Lord, if we're facing any kind of trouble like the Jews were, you'll get us out. 
Lord, if we're hurting financially, you'll take care of that. If we're hurting in our bodies, you'll take care of that. And if we're faced with some other problem, whatever it is, you'll get us out. Praise the Lord. We're not down here to worry about life. You're here to help us be happy. So that doesn't leave anything left but for us to keep records and tell others how you got us out of trouble as we tell them all about Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. All right.